welcome to the Leadership View podcast. Welcome back to Leadership U. This is Christina. And this is Jim. We're so glad to have you back with us. So, Baba, recently I went on a little business trip to Maui of all places. It was mm-hmm. really rough. I struggled mm-hmm. visiting Hawaii. But it made me think about all the vacations that we've had as a family mm-hmm. and how different people have different vacation styles. Right. So what style of a vacationer are you? Are you more the type to sit back and relax on the beach and just read a book or take naps? Or are mm-hmm. you the adventurous type that likes to explore and do fun, exciting things mm-hmm. on your vacation? That's a good question. I like to do both. Um, but first, I need to be relaxed before I can start exploring. Yeah. So uh, for me, it takes a couple of days to kind of decompress and recharge my uh, batteries emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, psychologically. So um, sitting on a beach, just relaxing or just sitting somewhere and just enjoying nature and um, calm and peace, I think is fantastic for me to recharge. And then immediately after... I have no problem doing adventurous things and uh, pioneering new trails and just checking out all kinds of new stuff. Yeah, you need to decompress first before you get to the action. Yep. It's just so funny because while I was on the island, there were you could definitely tell there were like two types of people. You would see the people just chilling on the beach, and then you'd also see the people hiking or doing the more adventurous stuff to uh, surfing and different things. So it just made me think about all the ways that different people like to vacation. And then there are some of my friends who vacation solely around food. So they plan their entire trip around what they're going to eat next and where they're going to go. They're foodies. Yeah, and that, I think that's a great way to have a vacation. <laughs> I think so, too. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, well, we're excited to be back with you guys again this week. We have an interesting topic. Um, and actually, this was kind of triggered um, when I was in Maui last week. Uh, I was attending a conference, and one of the speakers did a topic on generational transition. And I just thought it was so interesting because, first off, we talk a lot about transitioning and succession planning. You know, you hear a lot about that, but I thought it was very interesting that this one was specifically targeting generational transitioning, which means that an older leader was bringing in someone from the next generation and raising him up and transitioning his organization under the new younger leader's leadership. And I just thought it was so interesting that it was a really thought out intentional plan and that they had noted the differences in their different generations Mm -hmm. and how that would impact the organization and impact their followers. And what was really cool about their session was the main speaker was obviously this leader who was getting ready to step down and bring in a, a new leader under him, but he actually brought his new leader with him to the session and gave him the last like 15 minutes of his session to speak and say how this generational transition was impacting him. So it was really cool. You could just see that they had a really great relationship. It was a mentor-leader, a mentor-follower relationship, but that both parties were bringing something unique to the table. And it really made me want to discuss this idea of generational transition. Yeah, this is going to be a great topic uh, to go through today. And uh, I just want to give us kind of a visual picture Um, as we start going into some of the nuts and bolts and some of the bullet points that we're going to cover. 
But I want you to imagine a couple of uh, sprinters, uh, some type of a race, and where they're passing the baton. Yeah. You've, you've probably seen tons of races like this, and um, they're really exciting. And uh, the passing of the baton is really a key uh, point uh, in the race. If, um, if you watch the Olympics and you see when they do a four-man or woman race by 100 and they pass the baton, they, each uh, runner sprints 100 yards or so, and then they have to pass the baton within a certain uh, number of steps. Right. They can't exceed a, a certain line. So the baton has to be passed precisely at the right spot. So what you have now is, uh, as we think and talk about this secession, generational um, secession, or passing the baton, you need to think about multiple things. What speed are you traveling? Mm. Are you uh, taking the time to be intentional to pass the baton? Does your, the person that is passing it, is he passing it well? The person receiving it, is he receiving it well? Are they both moving at the same speed? Wow, that's I've good. seen where you uh, sometimes have someone that is running faster to pass the baton, and he actually has to slow down for the person ahead of him to start coming up a little faster so that he can pass the baton properly. Then I've seen people that are much faster running ahead, and then the guy that's getting ready to pass the baton can't pass it in time. He's just trying to catch up to him, and he's just huffing and puffing, and... The other guy's already moving way ahead of him. And so when he makes that baton pass, he's stretching and trying to pass it. And sometimes the baton is dropped. Uh, there's a miscalculation. A lot of things can go wrong. So I want you to think about this now from a generational aspect. Um, even though that maybe the older uh, person is passing the baton to a younger person, you're thinking, well, that older person maybe not cannot run as fast as the younger person. That probably is true. But here's um, a, uh, some uh, deeper wisdom in this. That person that is older has much greater wisdom and experience yeah. and is uh, bringing that at his speed and at his level and getting ready to pass all of that wisdom and experience and knowledge in that baton. And if that younger person um, takes that baton uh, receives it the right way, he will have not only that wisdom and experience and take that knowledge with him, but he will also have the support of that um, person passing him right. that baton. But if the younger person um, just mishandles that uh, the taking of that baton or the passing out of that baton, it can cause so much trouble um, moving forward. You've seen people take that baton sometimes and they're juggling it, they're not holding it right, uh, they miss a step or two, right. and that's just enough to throw them off and they don't finish the race strong. So let's keep that as a visual picture uh, moving forward uh, with this next session. No, I love the powerful imagery of the relay race because it really clarifies what we're talking about here. And I wanted to tag on to something you said a few minutes ago about making sure that the baton is passed in the right timing because that's so critical for organizations too. For example, an older leader or an older generation team member 
might still be able to work for a long time and maybe he doesn't want to pass the baton yet. And that's fine too if he's working and enjoying the work. But you have to be planning for the future because you never know what will happen. And so being intentional in the idea that eventually someone will be coming up to take over your work and taking on the leadership role, it's important to be investing in that next generation, even if you don't have a set date yet for the Passover. As long as you're working towards the goal of equipping the next leader and helping them gain momentum so that they can receive the baton in proper timing is critical for the organization. So I think it's really important to just imagine and be thinking about what the future holds for your organization and how to eventually pass that baton, even if you're not in a place where you're ready to hand off within the next even year or so. That's great. And um, and think about this. There is no um, way that you're protege, whoever you're getting ready to pass the baton to, is going to be the exact same image of you or the splitting image of you. Um, The person you've chosen or is next in line is uh, called and equipped and has their own skill sets. They have their own experience, their own knowledge, and uh, they are the right person for the organization for that leg of the race. You brought the organization to this point, and then as you pass the baton, the next person will take the organization the rest of the distance to the next point, and you're all going to go differently. You've seen this, again, when they do a a four-man race like this, you usually have runners that have different abilities, different speeds. Some runners, they're great at starting off, and they will use them to to start off then you've got the middle runners that actually take and maintain that speed and then they may not be the quickest but they don't lose any speed any momentum but they adjust to what's happening and they can gain a little bit of extra momentum and then your final uh, uh, runners are the guys that can close it out and nobody can catch them they put the afterburners on once everything's in place so each person that comes into leadership is uh, designed and brought in place. They're very unique. Uh, They do have boundaries, you have structure, you have processes in in your organization, they have to fit those, but they are unique to bring your organization to the next point and the next level. That's so good. And going back to that analogy of the relay race with multiple people running different parts of the race, Um, the one thing that they all have in common is their goal. So the end goal is to win the race and they're working as a team to achieve that goal. And so that brings us to our first point in how you can have a successful generational transition in your organization or in your group, whatever you're doing as a leader. Um, The key, the first key that we want to talk about is that values bond generations. So as long as you have the same goals in mind, as long as you have your same core values, you're going to be running the race, even if it's a different strengths and weaknesses, even if it's a different style, you're going to be running together towards the same end goal. And that's going to bond the generations as you make the transition Um, and like you said bye-bye you don't have to have someone who's exactly like you to fill that position because first off you'll never find that person no one's going to be exactly like you but again there's also seasons for the organization so as you're looking to bring up someone to take your place in the organization or maybe even if you're a younger leader looking to rise up in your organization, you wanna find people that share the same values and make sure that your values are all aligned so that you can work together to accomplish goals. 
Yeah, that's very important. You're all uh, united. You have the same vision, mission, the same values, and you're moving in the same direction. Uh, uh, one of the terms they use for that is synergy. You're creating synergy by moving with other people, all moving in the same direction. And there's a lot of talk, too, about how different each generation is and how they have different strengths and weaknesses. And there's been a lot of research about uh, maybe how the silent generation or boomers or Gen X or millennials, um, all these different generations have different strengths. And you'll see some positive connotations and some negative connotations um, when discussing different de generations. There was an article recently written by the Harvard Business Review that talked about how generational differences may not be as great as most of us imagine. A lot of times we put pressure on other generations or on our own generation and we have like negative ideas about that, but those aren't necessarily true. A lot of times we have more similarities across generations than we realize. And if we only focus on the weaknesses between each generation or the differences in each generation, then we're never going to work together properly. But during times of transition, it's important that all the generations work together to focus on the goals and to help make the transition as smooth as possible. So to focus on the strengths of each generation and then also understand how we can work together to overcome any differences. For example, a lot of times people say that maybe the older generations aren't as good with technology but the younger generations can help them overcome that by explaining technology yes. to them. On the other hand, too, you have younger generations who maybe aren't as experienced in the workforce. They don't know, they haven't been involved very long, so they don't know how to deal with people or situations. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't have a strong of soft skills. Um, and so the older generation can really give advice and come alongside of them. So there's really a lot to be learned between the two generations and uh, bonding together and working together. That's great, um, uh, Christina. And um, let's look at our next uh, point, which is honor and empowering. And um, go, why don't you jump right into this one, Christina? So at the, at the conference I was at, uh, one of the speakers, his name was Gary Brothers, he said that a common theme to creating healthy relationships between the older and younger generations is to honor and empower each other. So like we just kind of talked about, older generations can honor and empower the younger generation by allowing them to lead, giving them leeway, trusting them to, to do the job and get it done well, and empowering them to take charge of situations and maybe take a step back. Mm -hmm. While younger generations can honor and empower the more senior workers by seeking their advice and their wisdom. Um, and together we can learn from each other and come up with more innovative ways to reach goals. But it really starts with recognizing each other's differences and respecting and celebrating each generation's unique worth. Each generation has different um, soft points, uh, compassion points that they're, they're sensitive to. And by embracing each one of those, then we can really find creative solutions to get the job done. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, there's another way to look at this. I usually look at this as um, uh, maybe three or four different steps. Let's just focus on three steps when it comes to um, honoring and empowering someone. So in leadership development, what I will do is if I spot someone that has, um, I, I see something, a shining uh, light within them, and it looks like they really feel called and it they want to get a little bit more involved in leadership. They want to learn more. They want to go further. They want to move up a little bit more. What I'll do is I'll come alongside of them 
And um, I, I internally have this three-step process. One is I will ask them um, if we're working on a project, I'll say, hey, why don't you assist me? Um, you be my assistant and I will do the project and you just tag along and help and learn and watch and see how I do it. Mm -hmm. The next time project we do, that's a very similar project or task, I'll say, hey, um, why don't we do this together? We are co-managers or co-directors. We have equal authority, equal power. You do it or I do it. Um, if you have any questions, run them by me. And if I have any thoughts or something or questions, I'll run them by you. And so we'll do it the next time, uh, that manner. And then the third time we do it, uh, uh, I'll say, here's what'll happen is you do it and I'm your assistant this what? time. Yeah. And so what we're doing now is I am uh, slowly transitioning power or, or authority to them. Yeah. I'm also leading them. I'm also passing the baton. The initial step is I'm in authority. When I first approach him to give him the baton, he's my assistant. He's got his hand out. He's trying to figure out where the baton's coming. I give him the baton. We both hold the baton for a while, so that means we're co-laboring. Um, we're working this together. That's good. Then I slowly release the baton. He's got a firm grip on it. I'm slowly letting it go, and he's now empowered. He takes the baton from behind his back, moves forward, and he starts running with it. So three-step process, very easy. We work it together, and then we'll come back and we'll work another project together. Maybe it's a brand new project, something totally out of the norm for that person. Um, or, and then what I'll do is I'll say, let's do the process again. You assist me, we'll do it together, and then I'm your assistant. And what winds up happening is now you have developed a mentoring lifestyle, a mentoring process where you are honoring and empowering those that work with you. That's good. And some of the greatest leaders that I know uh, use some type of uh, uh, process that is very similar to that. They'll, they'll direct you, they'll delegate, they'll give you uh, tasks and projects to do, but eventually at some point they just release you and um, they'll check in on you. That's another way to do it. And are you okay? If you need anything, you come to me. I got an open door process or a policy. You come right back to me and ask. But I, I know that you can do this and go with it. And so uh, the steps again, uh, you are my assistant. I'm going to show you, teach you everything that I know and I can on this project. I don't know how long that time frame is going to last, but it's not going to last very long because mm -hmm. we're in a tight runway here. And then I, we are going to do this together. And then the third end of this is that you're going to go and I'm going to be your assistant. And at some point, I'm no longer your assistant. I'm just there if you need me as a counselor. I'm available, but coach support whatever you need me but basically you're running it now no that's really good um again that powerful imagery of passing the baton it's just so helpful um uh, one more thing i'd like to add on to this idea of honoring and empowering during generational transitions or any type of secession planning within an organization there's going to be a lot of stress uncertainty and fear within the organization by the members the team members in there. It's just natural because something different is happening. There's change. Anytime change is involved, people feel a little bit uncertain, unsteady. 
unsure of themselves. And so when you have the two leadership, the past leadership and the future leadership that are coming in that are honoring and empowering each other, um, it's coming both ways. It just brings a lot of peace and steadiness in the organization during these times of change. So I really want to encourage leaders, whether you're a young leader coming into an organization or an older leader maybe that's getting ready to transition out, honoring and empowering each other is really going to set the tone for the rest of the organization and show that there is still um, a synergy. There's still shared values that are coming across so that even if there is a change in style of leadership, that there's going to still remain those same values that are central to the organization. Well, that's been great. There's some good input, Christina. Yeah. (laughs) So what else? Do we have anything else to... uh hit on this uh, topic? So our final point, and we've already kind of covered this, but is the idea of learning from each other. Um, And so innovation and creativity are vital to organizational growth. Um, But there's also, there's a reason that experience is noted as the best teacher. So you really need both sides to drive success. So just take the time to learn from each other. Like we mentioned, sometimes a session planning is a very short window. You only have a set amount of time to pass the baton, to mentor each other, to help each other uh, fill in these new roles. But during that time, uh, really make the most of it. So whether it's a few months um, or if it's a longer term plan, a few years, take the time to communicate with each other, share experiences, ask questions. Um, Both the older generation and the younger generation, they can get a lot from this time of um, mentorship and passing the baton. So really lean into those moments of being able to learn from each other and learn from the different generations. That's great. I think that uh, for me, that reminds me again what I just mentioned. When you're ask, when you're preparing to uh, someone to launch them, pass the baton to them, that point where you're co-laboring, where you're basically equal yeah. at that level, yeah. when you both have the baton at the same time, I encourage all of us. That's the perfect time to uh, have this mindset of serving one another. Yeah. Not that hey, we're both bosses. Let's get out there and uh, you know. Uh, do what we need to do. No, 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 no. Serve each other. As you're running with that baton, as you're running with this uh, uh, transition, as you're running with this organization that you have, the department, the program, the people, the resources, the money, well, you got to think of everything. Yeah. We have to be good stewards of everything that we have. But the other part is, am I serving the other person that's attached to this baton that I'm passing it to? That's so good. Not, not am I leading them. You're beyond that point now. This is the place where you need to start saying, okay, am I serving them properly? I want to make sure I, I release this thing the right way or the other person might be saying, the one that's taking the baton, I, I need to make sure I'm serving the person behind me that's passing me this baton. I don't want to pull it out of his hand too quickly. I don't want to miscarry this thing. So, be of one mindset, serving one another, thinking of the other person more highly than yourself will actually do something pretty amazing. It will allow this transition to flow like um, with the smoothest uh, possibilities uh, that you can imagine. You're not going to have a lot of, you will have issues, but you would have more issues if you were both thinking we're both leaders and we're fighting for this baton, how we're going to pass this on. Right. But when you're serving one another, you're there to help the other person. And the transition will go much smoother, much better, and will be much um, 
more effective and productive for you and for your organization. That's so good. Well, guys, that's all we have today for Generational Transition. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We do want to remind you that if you haven't subscribed or followed us on the Leadership You podcast, please do so you can get all the latest episodes as they come out weekly. We also have our textbook, Volunteer U 101, Introduction to Volunteering. And while the topic is suited for volunteers, it really applies to any leader leading a team. It talks about encouraging, resourcing, equipping, identifying the right people for your team. It's just a good book overall. It has a lot of meaty concepts and topics in there, including some aspects of what we discussed today, which is leading different generations and transitioning the um, roles of power. So we encourage you to check out that. You can find all this information on our website at www.volunteer.org. All right, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Leadership You podcast. For more resources for leaders, visit our website at volunteeru.org.